welcome to this podcast. Let me uh, do this song. You know, a lot of the intro songs are um, things that I've grabbed from Marvel movies, massive hits decades ago that I've learned from uh, movies. Because at the very end of this, we will step very far away from mental health and uh, my very good friend, um, Dr. Andrea Mata, and uh, we'll talk some some quick Marvel things to, to wrap up with because she and I have not caught up in quite some time. She is... Um, she works at the Anxiety Treatment Center of Toledo, Bright Spot Families. She's super busy because she's trying to help people with their mental health. In many cases, if you reach out to me and go, hey, I need to talk to blank. Um, if you give me a little bit of background, uh, she is usually one of my very first text messages and goes, this person has X, Y, and Z. Where can I send them? She says, what's their insurance? I said, so... But beyond that, uh, by the way, Andrea has written a book to help parents, which I think many of you are, uh, or you you at least know many parents. Um, as you'll hear me say, and you've probably been able to intuit over these years, God, you, you have my appreciation, um, my envy for the energy that you have. You have my sympathy. It is tough as hell, probably tougher than ever. Uh, Andrea, Dr. Mata, can help with some of those things. And I often go, how'd you not know that? If I was better at not doing that, like understanding how you didn't know that, I would have less stress in my life. And Andrea um, reminds me that, yeah, not ever, not didn't know that. And and she's got these, these tips and tricks that are going to help you if you're a parent or know a parent. Things that you might overlook and things that you might go, why didn't I know that? And then it becomes an indelible part of your life that makes your life better. Also, um, I don't think anybody has been on the podcast as a guest, not like co-host, as much as she has been. And she has an extremely important chunk of cachet in my life because back in 2017, when my job went away, she was one of the first people to reach out to me. Um, And I was like, "Hold, hold on a second. You... Smart, uh, professor, University of Finley, psychologist, all this brainy stuff. You were listening to the morning rush and all that blue humor. Um, and she helped me and motivated me and challenged me and helped me shape a, a TEDx talk in September of 2017, which I don't know how many views it has. Uh, uh, maybe if there's like 100,000 views, like five people have reached out to me or whatever. Um, but doing that gave me it galvanized my purpose that I can help people. And I am usually pretty humble, modest. Um, but when it comes to offering mental health help, um, her and others helping me get that Ted talk and knowing I can't help people, um, is why I do what I do. Let's talk about Andre's book that hopefully can help you right now. I would like to say hello, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, you got a little Hanukkah in you too. Happy Hanukkah. Happy belated Hanukkah. My good friend, Dr. Andrea Mata is back. And if you have heard her on with me before, we talk mental health, but let's start with, well, this is connected to mental health. How is yours and your family's after three straight Ohio State losses to Michigan? Hello, hello. <laughs> wow. You didn't expect that, did you? I did not. Um... You you can you want to talk about Jim because and give me the answer that you gave me when I texted you. He's a as much as this is an oxymoron, a reasonable sports fan. He is a reasonable sports fan, and so I think the rest of his family 
I mean, they're all like upset because they're diehard Buckeyes, but they are all reasonable. And so it was just kind of like, I remember like we were in Kentucky watching it and it was just like, oh, well, mm, that shoot, that happened yet <laughs> again. So, um, yeah, it was just a bad, bad Bad game. Don't know what's going on there. And I remember I texted um, the head coach that I coach for, and I was like, "What is going on?" And he was just like, uh, yeah, uh, "Yeah." But so it it did somewhat affect your mental health, but it didn't derail it. No, like we were just like, "Okay, well that sucked." And so like <laughs> then it was the rest of the day was just kind of like everyone's a little bit lower mood trying to figure out what's go like what was going on or what just happened. Um and then we got back to, you know, normal and we had you know, I can't even remember what we had for dinner that night, but then we just drove back the next day and everyone was okay. You are visiting. You're obviously all Almost always welcome here. I can't always accommodate you, but for the most part, you're always welcome. You have uh, you've written a book, and you have seen so much as you have stepped away from your uh, your higher education responsibilities, started Bright Spot Families, and really have a focus uh, on on helping families, parents, particularly kids. But mm-hmm. you've written a book, to, a book to help parents out, and they certainly need a lot. Yes. So the book is titled The Number Two Parenting Book, Practical Tips for the Pooped Out Parent. And so the whole idea behind the book is that it's practical tips and the time that it takes you to poop. Now, <laughs> hold on. I think this is a fair question. How long does that take? Well, I did research. So, and, okay, oh, so you timed poops out. Well, no, research. there's uh, there's already research done, and so you're actually not supposed <laughs> to poop longer than a minute. And so, like, oh, time out. I have so many questions. <laughs> Are you the the act of sitting on the toilet or it coming? Or it being a thing. Like, I think, like, you sitting on the toilet and then it going into, like, the toilet bowl. It should not take you longer than a minute. But they said, like, obviously, sometimes it takes people a little bit longer. And so it shouldn't take you longer than five minutes. So every single practical tip, and there's 29 in the book, it should take you no longer than five to seven minutes to read. Let me preface this in the sense that one of the reasons you and I get along so greatly is we we, we like to, to, there's no BS, there's no fluff. We like the bottom line stuff. Yes. And as I want you to give me some of these, I'm going to guess that they're not the things that people would typically come across. You should meditate. You should do yoga. Blah. All the stuff that you can read a thousand articles about and mm-hmm. what we've done before is maybe that's not for you. Yeah. And I think, so I've broken up the the book into three sections. So the first section is like the fundamentals. And so it's, if you do nothing else as a parent, if you just enact, I think there's like seven, if you just enact seven, these seven tips, then you'll be doing better than you were before. And so the titles are catchy and they're kind of like sarcastic and snarky like me. So like one of my favorite titles is you can't parent from the couch. And so it's talking about, and it, each one gives a story, like a real life story of either like a parenting fail or kind of a humorous parenting story from my clients or my own life. Um, you have three kids all beginning with the name C and what one or two of them wasn't expected. One of them wasn't expected. One. Okay. One. Can't happen. And then Jim delivers. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's actually a joke in one of the chapters. Um, so that's humorous. And so 
That's the first section of the book. And then the second section is what I call the expectations. So how do you modify your child's behavior? How do you set up expectations, realistic ones, and then get them to do what you want them to do? And so that's the whole second part of this the book. And then the third section is the warm and fuzzies. So like, how do you build a high quality relationship with your child and have that be a thing for the long term? You would think, I would hope that that is innate in many ways as we are, when you give birth to something I'm expecting, there's a nurturing aspect that is in your DNA. I can see that um, lives are busy and I think that was your Mm -hmm. motivation for for doing this. What's the one thing where you really had that light bulb moment um, and you're like, I've got to put all these ideas down because I'm seeing too much of blank. I think... So, like you said, people are busy, and I hate that word, but... What's the word you like? I, I, I don't know, scheduled. Like, I'd rather just people not be overscheduled, and that's actually one of the parenting practices in the first section, like the fundamentals. Don't overschedule your kids. Don't overschedule yourself. It leads to bad outcomes. What? Uh, quick question. Yeah. Because that, that seems so easy mm-hmm. why do people do it anyway what what is what is the urge to do that like oh i you know what i can make it an extra 15 minutes or we we'll fit this in why i think the reason is because so much research has come out over the last few decades showing that participation in extracurricular activities is good for kids it leads to a lot of positive developmental outcomes and so parents enrolled their kids with the mentality that more is better. Well, if two extracurricular activities is great, mm. well, then let's do 12 extracurricular activities and then they'll be superhumans. And it doesn't work that way. Can I editorialize briefly? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree with you. Uh, my two things against that, that I don't think people are getting, it's fine. It's your kids, your life, those things have become very expensive. Anybody mm-hmm. that does travel sports knows that. And um, I think one of the things that is still an issue that you and I, I mean, maybe look forward to, and our parents had us wanting to do this, was we've lost a lot of the workforce. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got three after-school activities or whatever. When that kid, you or I, I was working at the skating rink. I was doing the skate rental counter. Like, those 14, 15-year-olds, we've taken them out of the workforce in a lot of ways so their parents can buy them $800 hockey equipment and drive them to Indianapolis. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's insane. Like, I know um, my sister-in-law coaches for, a like, a premier volleyball club down in Columbus, and she has a... A player, or she used to have a player that would drive, I think it was like two hours each way just to be on this in this club. And her dad owned a club, a volleyball club in the town that they were from. But she wasn't going to reach pro volleyball status where you're probably not going to make a lot of money anyway. By it, it's really, I, I, so many parents have my, my sympathies um, for what they get, they rent, what they get wrangled up in, what they get pressured into. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to go ahead. That's a great point because I think the other reason, so yes, it's like we hear that, oh, they're good for our kids. The other thing is, it's like the new status symbol. Like, 
get into a group of parents and one parent will be like, oh, we have to do this and this and this. And then all of a sudden the topping begins. It's like, oh, well, you have to do this. Well, listen to how busy we are. And you're like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, no one is winning. It's an at-home version of people that, uh, of Gen Zers, and I'm not criticizing them at all, um, of Gen Zers who have pushed back on the the hustle culture of Mm -hmm. like, well, if you're going to stay at the office 10 hours, I'm going to do 11. People have adopted that into their home life. And I get it. I see it. I have plenty of Sylvania and Perrysburg friends where I hear their schedules are so loaded. Like, that's, that's good that you're doing all this. And I do wonder, and maybe this is where you've got something in the book, where the heck are you taking a breath? They're not. So how can they? What's a tip in your book where they can and should do that? And so I, in there I talk about, um, I'm trying to think if it's the plan of the day, but it's like coming up with a plan of the day. Like what do you actually need to get done for that day or that week? And then like cut other stuff out um, and allow your child to have free time. I think that's one of the biggest things, the biggest issues with overscheduling is that we've removed children's free time, like where they get to decide what they do, where they get to explore and try out different things and see what works and what fits and just have that unstructured time. Because every second of their day is structured. I And that's bad in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because they need to fail. They and- need to fail and they need to be able to be around their peers without adult intervention. What, what was the book that we enjoyed a couple of years ago? Hmm. Oh, Lost Connections. No, that's no. the Onhari book. The other yeah. book, the two professors they wrote. I, I will, I'll have to look it up or something. But but it was along the lines of like overscheduling kids and mm-hmm. too much structure in their life. And I just read this the other day because I, I guess there's a school district somewhere and, and, and people, I was surprised. No phone. It's like elementary school. Yeah. No phones. They're in the lockers all day. And I had this like light bulb moment like... Why don't we do that all the time? And there, I know there, and you can back this up because you're the clinician. Mm-hmm. There's research that said this is this, like whatever reason that kid has that phone. I know there's a lot of fear out there, mm-hmm. but the chances of that happening versus it being a distraction, mm-hmm. it it's not worth it. And no. to your point, like pull the phone away. And this is applicable, I think, for anybody of any age. Yes. Put the phone down. Like, I have an article that's saved in my phone somewhere, and I, I go back to it every now and then. Let people, let people of all ages, be mm-hmm. imaginative. Let your mind wander. Yeah. Build your imagination. Mm-hmm. The book is like the Coddling the American yes! something. Yes. Like American. Coddling of the American blank. Something. Yeah. yeah. It's it, by it, Hatt, uh, Jonathan Hatt and Greg. I cannot even say his name, like Lewandowski or something. Um, but yeah, like that was a funny thing. So like with me being involved with a, a high school football team, they went to camp this past summer for three days and the coach purposely took their phones away so that they had time to buy. Like, he literally took it away all three days. And at first, like, the 83 players were like, rah, 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 rah. but then when we had the banquet a few weeks ago, every single person said how impactful it was that their phone was taken away for three days. What, what, what was some of the impacts, in their opinion? The building relationships with their teammates being able to be just teenage boys and yeah. <laughs> I just had the most terrible thing 
Oh, so they went back to all the dirty locker room stuff. No, I I, I get it. Right, I like it. just being like being able to joke with each other and josh each other and pick on each other and mess with each other. Not harassment, but just like healthy back and forth banter without distractions from other people. What's something else that... Where can people get the book? The book is going to be available on Amazon starting December 29th. Okay. Um, what What is something else you would like people to take out of it, no matter how small that nugget may be? Mm, I think... It's really funny. I'm a comedian, too. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is it's um, the importance of parenting using high expectations within the context of the warm and fuzzies. That's the whole guiding principle of it. And so we have to expect a reasonable amount from our children or else they're just going to be living in our basement when they're 40 years old. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't want that. Um, Because you have three of them. I have three of them. And so, but then there also, you have to have that interaction of like that warm, loving, nurturing relationship. And the, the interesting thing is it's that... That key, that pattern, that what it, equation for success is not just for parenting. I also see it in leadership. Sure. And I also saw it as a professor. That was like my main philosophy for teaching. Like, I'm going to require a lot for my college students, but I'm also going to have strong relationships with them. And they're going to be willing to do more for me compared to other professors. I, I, all these issues are are bound together, mm-hmm. um, and and we can't solve all these problems. We never can on a podcast. Alex and I always try, um, but they're they're just almost insurmountable. And we try to just try to peck away at them. Um, to your point of leadership, the uh, teachers mm-hmm. like there are these examples. If you can unschedule yourself for a minute, you can see. Um, they're being used other other places, like what you, when you're talking about um, your students. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about like, and this is applicable to parenting. Um, uh, football coach, yeah, you got to coach everybody. Everybody is motivated a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the kids, right? Right. I, yeah, I would be disappointed and upset to find out if a parent is parenting two children who are pretty different, like me and my brother, yeah, yeah. the same way. Like, Barry yeah. Barry can't manage us the same way. Right, and that's actually in the book, and it says, like, the title is, like, One Size Does Not Fit All. That, and, that hurts me. Like, if we have to if we have to teach you that, I, I am I am disappointed that you ha- that you procreated. Because it should, <laughs> it should be innate. But it's but not I, I innate. Get, I get it. Because the story that, like, it's the funny thing is, the story that I share, like, the parent had, like, a master's degree in genetics, but, but could not figure out yeah. that they had three very, very different children, and they had to parent them differently. Yeah, I I get irritated easily, which mm-hmm. is a weakness yeah. of mine. But it's disappointing that you know we, we don't see beyond our nose. We don't see the forest through the trees mm-hmm. in, in in a lot of cases. Um, what's another irritant that you come across that motivated you to write the book? I think the reason why I wanted to write the book and how I wrote it was that I read a lot of other parenting books or follow other, you know, quote unquote parenting experts on Instagram (laughs) and yeah, all of those things. And on one side, you have like the Jordan 
Peterson folks, right? Like the clinical psychologist from Canada that's very big. And you read his books and how my in-laws described it because they just read both of his books. It's a slog to get through. Very um, scholarly. It's very scholarly and it gives you all of the theories and all of the things. He doesn't have a deft touch, which I know makes him a bit controversial. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and so it's... It's you don't and people are just like, well, what? okay, that's great. The development, the theory is great. But what am I actually supposed to do when I'm in the thick of it? Right. And then you have. And so the reason why like there's I'm it's guided by research, but I don't give you the research because people don't care. Like at least my experience, most people don't want the research. They just want to know how to be a better parent. And in a lot of cases, they will either believe in something that isn't going to work for them from mm-hmm. an expert or they'll go, well, why is this going to work for me? Mm-hmm. And then they'll, it, it, I am, I am glad. I, the only thing I have to parent is myself and my dogs and my transformers because <laughs> it, it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to wrap up at least uh, with this portion of things with a couple of quick hit questions that I, I typically always ask you. Mm-hmm. And since we've done this, the answer changes, even though the question's the same. People are seeking help now. It is very challenging to do that because people are scheduled out for weeks, if not months. They're not taking new patients, new clients. There are fewer professionals to help people. They're leaving the industry. Um, how? What's the best way, in your opinion, to go find someone that they want to talk to? I think so. This is a plug for me. So if you go to my website, brightspotfamilies.com, and go to, I think it's like the tools tab and scroll really far down, it's there's a, I wrote a blog a few years ago and it's like, um, and it's about, it's similar because it was based off of the podcast that you and I did on the Bright Spot. And so it talks about like finding your therapist. And so it gives a tutorial like step by step on how do you find a list of possible mental health therapists in your, in your state. Wait, let me, let me zoom past that. Mm-hmm. No one will take my insurance. I can't find an appointment. Help. Even if it's something in the in the interim, because mm. that's what everyone. That's why I keep bugging you, and in fact, I don't bug you as much because I know you're going to tell me I don't have room for them. Mm-hmm. But what, what, how do you help those people? I think, and the answer might be I have no idea. It's hard right now. It is. I mean, it is hard right now. But I would say still reach out to those places because what we're at least what we're starting to see at the anxiety treatment center is like. We used I used to have a six month wait list, and now my wait list is only a few weeks because we took on two more. Our practice got two more therapists, and so then it was able to like significantly reduce everyone's. And so I think like those places where there was a wait list before, reach out to them again and see whether or not you can get in a little bit sooner. But then there's always like, I mean, self help doesn't. I mean, you need a, you tend to need additional help with self help books, but like seek out those. Um, some of my favorite ones, like we already talked about, like Lost Connections. It deals with depression and anxiety, and it gives nine ways or nine causes for anxiety and depression, and only two of them are biological. 
I always say if it works, it mm-hmm. works. I'm not going to question the amount of peanut butter that is on your ears or anything like that. If it works, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, last thing here, uh, we know because we hear the numbers all the time, there is a youth mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. In reality, at least in my reality, the way I see things, we have always had a mental health crisis. We are now just putting numbers on it and and, and tending to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have always had, in, in a way, broken brains due to genetics, environment. We just never really addressed it. Mm-hmm. And COVID broke open, people wanting to tend to this. Is there any way that you can like kind of soft pedal some of these scary numbers in the shadow of what I just said? Like it's always really been like this, but now we're just tending to it. I think I mean, there is a mental health crisis because COVID did a number on our teens. Um, because and adults, because we are not meant to be in isolation. We are meant, unless you're like Eric, who's who. <laughs> we are social creatures. <laughs> we are we are social creatures, um, and so we do need connection. But their loneliness is on. Like, what did the study came out a few maybe a few months ago that said like loneliness. Like experiencing loneliness is the equivalent of smoking fifteen cigarettes a day. I saw something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it friendship and mm-hmm. purpose and connection is blood for people, right? So, I have a friend who says connection is protection against suicide. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. People just want to be understood and and accepted. And sometimes the hardest thing, and this is why you know I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of emotional and psychological pain for a very long time, yeah. and it took me a long time to to get it attended to, and, and got me to a point where I don't want to kill myself. Um, That's good. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very good. Um, I hope that my experiences shorten the journey for other people. Mm-hmm. Like if there's one thing that I wish I could like implant in others um, and just like through osmosis, like give you this is like, I just, I had to like go on at some point. Like I mm-hmm. was fortunate to self-actualize, I think earlier than most people do, maybe yeah. because I moved around a lot and who my friends were and whatnot. And then I gave like the, the not given f- attitude and mm-hmm. stopped caring so much about what other people thought. Right. I wish we could, I wish I could implant that at people at a younger age, because that's the thing that seemingly drives many kids and mm-hmm. even adults to a bad, bad place. The comparison, the wanting to be accepted when you maybe need to go, I don't want to be accepted by them. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe my circle is just cool with two people. Two people yeah. could equal 20 people for someone else. Yeah. And I mean, and that's a big thing for teens right now is that the understanding that like you need to find your people. And like your people, because you're limited to your high school, like your people may not be in your high school. It wasn't for me. Like I went outside and I found friends. My, you know, my closest friends were those that I did, you know, travel softball with and so you have to find your people and try to reduce loneliness and put down your phones and engage um last week uh when i was on vacation i was i I did i did a lot of drinking a lot of eating of pizza a lot of gaming uh, a lot of laying with a lot of ings laying with the dogs Mm -hmm. and a lot a lot of aloning yeah and I have been cognizant for for quite some time. It was one of these things that just popped into my head. And I I shared this because there is a massive difference between alone and loneliness, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like somebody like me and you to a degree. We have to go retreat Mm -hmm. 
into being alone so that we can recharge. Yes. It is completely different. Like, I can be alone. I sat, I told you before we started, I didn't see or talk to anything that I didn't have to take outside last week to poop. But I felt I was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel the need like I was missing anything. Right. I wasn't lonely at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's, you know, interesting about people is like in the book, I also talk like the last actual chapter is talking about like parentcations, like momcation, dadcations, where you take 24 to 48 hours and you have absolutely no responsibilities. And so to me, when I take a momcation, I want 24 to 48 hours all by myself. What do you, what, what do you do? I usually will eat trigger meals on Friday night um, and then I binge watch some show that I've been wanting to watch and then one day I'll take a long long hike and then the next day I'll take a long long bike ride and then I'll just kind of do what I want to do. What do you do when it doesn't get you to where you hope to be? So I was about to say it usually does so if I'm left alone for 48 hours to do whatever I want to do and sleep what I want to sleep and all of those things, and the noise level completely comes down compared to three you know, kids and a dog, um, that usually helps. But this year was a little bit different because I had, in the book I share it, I had driven to Cleveland on that Friday and I spent three hours at Cleveland Clinic meeting with a neurologist and a psychologist and a geneticist learning all about Huntington's disease. And then I checked into a hotel and I checked into, I was doing a sprint triathlon the next day. So I wake up the next day at 4 a.m., run or swim 700 meters Good for you. bike 13 miles and then ran a 5k and then i was like okay i'm gonna go back to the hotel i'm gonna chill and then they were like oh well you don't have a reservation it's gonna be 330 dollars a night and i was like no this is a really crappy hotel in cleveland i'm not spending 330 like i could go to hawaii and spend that much no and so i ended up driving back and then um, binge watching quarterbacks on Netflix. Okay. Then I went to sleep. And then the next morning, I was like, okay, I have, you know, probably eight hours to do what I want. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call from my mom. She fell in the bathroom and broke three bones, or she fell in the bathroom. The ambulance was on its way, and they were taking me to the ER, and I needed to go. And then I spent the rest of the day, like, in the ER and helping my mom and my dad. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not that great of a momcation. There will there will always be fires. You there, just get there will you will never have a life without problems. Mm-hmm. You just get better at dealing right. with them. And then there's the the money part, which uh, there's podcast that I was. Do you listen to plain English? You would really like it. No, but I can uh, start listening to it. And if not, you know, because we all have plenty to listen to and yep. eat and read and blah. Uh, but he has a lot of smart um, researchers on, but also mm-hmm. people who get um, actually. What's the longitudinal study of like human beings? It goes back like thirty or forty years. It was a college thing. The Harvard one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Harvard study. Like, he, yeah. He's had those guys on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, so really, really good guests. And one of the things that I noted aside, like you just mentioned, three hundred thirty bucks. If you if you had to, you could have put it out. Um, but I didn't want to. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but you could have. Yeah. Um, just like people chase happiness, mm-hmm. we talk about this. We've done this before. Um, it's that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like chase purpose. Yes, happiness, sadness. At least it should come and go. It's a feeling. Yes, purpose is is. Um, don't chase money mm-hmm. because all money is going to do. It's not going to make you happy. Right. It's going to give you um, a resource, support. Mm-hmm. 
to solve some of these problems. Yeah. Like you, you would have been irritated and pissed off, but if you had to pay that three thirty, you would have done it. Right. There are people who might not have that, and they're literally yep. up the creek. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not happier with that money. It just gives you a little bit more latitude to solve some of these problems so that you can handle the bigger ones. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the other thing with the momcation thing is like other people. So like I was, con- I'm content by myself. Other people want to be with other people and that's completely okay. Just do whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. If mm-hmm. it works, it works as long as not, as long as not hurting somebody else and yes. you're not swapping and one. it's not hurting you. And you're not swapping one vice for another. Yes. Um, do it. All right. The last question. Um, I, it was in my uh, how do we find a provider thing. There's another element that that I am running into more so um, in the last six months, and it's understandable. I have always hated the, the healthcare system. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, I have memories going back into the early, into the aughts of mm-hmm. like, why did I get this bill? Why did you not write down my insurance code correctly mm-hmm. and those problems are so exacerbated now i mm-hmm. asked a friend today she took her kids because we got a we got, we got wintertime colds going around we're yep. gonna be okay she went to um urgent care was like how was the service because the last time i went to urgent care they missed uh, my brother back home had rsv mm-hmm. they gave him prednisone which is a steroid when he needed an antibiotic I'm coming across way too many stories of engagement with the healthcare system. I always thought, like in 2008, okay, this copay sucks, mm-hmm. but it's good. Like this, this orthopedist knows his stuff. Yeah, the quality of what we're getting and the cost is not uh, is is not what it used to be. And I think that scares some people off now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't afford that copay, um, or I'm not certain they're going to help me. The system is arcane and frustrating. Is there any way to combat your way through that at all? I think if when you can get recommendations. And so one thing that's been really interesting over the last few get recommendations and do research. And so I did my own research. Well, well, <laughs> listen, so there's been it's been interesting the last probably like two months I've had two different parents reach out to me via email and they're like hey our teen son has oppositional defiant disorder and we've been through the one they've been through five therapists in nine years and they're like all the therapists that we go to say that they know how to treat ODD oppositional defiant disorder but like it like it hasn't worked and like we found you and supposedly you're you know an expert in ODD and like we're treating it so like can you tell us your credentials and so like we scheduled with this particular mom we scheduled a a phone call and I told her like my background and all of the things and she's like "Oh, oh okay let's let's get it scheduled and so we did virtual because they live multiple hours away and then like I think two sessions in she's like we have learned more from you on how to treat our son compared to all the other five therapists and I was like well yeah because like you have to put that legwork in because lots of people say they know how to treat Mm. stuff or they say that they know how to do things but you mentioned it earlier Eric like there's a lot of people leaving the profession because they're burned out yeah and it's probably not like the crappy therapists or the crappy physicians who are leaving it's the 
good physicians and the good therapists that are leaving because they're the ones who are getting more responsibilities put on their plate. Or the one, I'll go the other end. It's a lot of people who are putting their toe in the water and they're 27 years old and they realize, no, this is, this is way, this is not what I, Mm -hmm. I'll go do research instead. Yeah. So we're, we're unfortunately left with maybe not the best and then we get a bill that we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very, very challenging. It's I can see why some people are terrified to go to a, a physician of any kind. Yeah. Not just because they're afraid of, they're not going to get the help they want, mm-hmm. because they're going to get a bill that, that doesn't sync up with what they were hoping for. Yeah, like I, um, I remember when I had a procedure done a few years ago and we got like three different bills. And I was like, why the heck did I get three different bills? Well, this one doctor and walked into the room. This and- doctor did the procedure. And then this doctor ran the analysis. And this doctor interpreted it. And I was like, if someone comes to me and I do an assessment on them, I do the assessment, I interpret it, and then, like, I score it, and then I interpreted it. Like, doesn't work. Did you? What is going on? The book's got to be 10 years old now. It's called America's Bitter Pill. Uh uh. It breaks all that nonsense Mm. down. Like, the the $92 Tylenol, when you just could have taken it, 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 you will, you, you will have harsher thoughts about the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And that was 10 years ago before things started breaking down with the overwork and underpay. Um, one last thing I want to throw at you and if you want to wrap up with anything, um, talk about recommendations. The world is noisy. Mm-hmm. We can all reactively go, hey, I am looking for a Mexican place and you know, put it online and you get 78 comments or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I have, again, one of these aha moments Um Again, I wish I could implant. I'm not like bragging about intelligence. I would like to give it to other people so mm-hmm. that they don't get so overwhelmed. Identify your your research group. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a group of friends, yeah. and we all have a group of friends. There's some of them I don't take movie recommendations from. Mm-hmm. That like I just went and saw Blankety Blank. It was awesome. Like I see the movies talk. Like I love you to death, but you're not my movie person. Yeah. If Remember Vinny the Asian? Yes. <laughs> if Vinny says he likes something, like I'm in. There's mm-hmm. there's very little thought about it. Right. So it and I don't know. I'm still in vacation mode. There's a technical way of putting this. Like insulate yourself with the best research assistants and follow their advice. Mm-hmm. It it could save not all the time, but it could save you the legwork of I'm looking for an expensive restaurant to go out to in Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um go a place where you're gonna get like legitimately knowledgeable information yes not just hey i loved when i went to blank yeah mm-hmm. but i don't even like that kind of food so you've just wasted brain space yeah by that person doing that and if, mm-hmm. if 13 people do that you're like i'm throwing my hands up we're yeah. just going to olive garden mm-hmm. what's a way to do that i think i think going and asking making sure like because when you need a therapist you t- at least I go to you. You t- text me, and I try to tell you someone. Um, or like when someone comes to me and they're like, "Hey, we need a therapist for this," but they can't come to me because of insurance, insurance or multiple relationships kind of stuff. I'll tell them like, "Hey, go get a list using this tutorial, and then send it over to me, and I will help you." Um, so like finding those people that like know 
you know, are more in the know about mental health providers. Or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, yeah. the, the easiest advice is, as, e- as easy as it is, don't just throw a question out for social media mm-hmm. or for everyone. Yes. Um, save yourself the trouble and think, who do I know who might know about this? Right. Go to them. You'll mm-hmm. save yourself a lot of noise, heartache, and headaches. And I think the other thing with that is, I just lost, people, then people are also going to, you also run the risk, if you just throw it on social media, you run the risk of like uncredentialed people like being like, oh, like this person, you know, pick me, pick me. And I know all this stuff. Like my my best friend, female friend, sends me this post of her, her ex-boyfriend from like high school where he portrays himself as a marriage like <laughs> expert. <coughs> he has no training in it whatsoever. And he's divorced. Well, that 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 helps me understand. I, I get it. Like, like I, I can offer certain kinds of advice from life experience right but i'm not certified unless we engage and you're like you seem trustworthy mm-hmm. i'll take this another angle because i was trying to get real technical at this but it's really simple when you just throw it out wherever it might mm-hmm. be not only might you get uneducated responses that waste your time mm-hmm. As we have seen, people are prone to arguing on the internet because one person says, this place is great. But somehow somebody saw something and they're like, I went there and they spilled the spaghetti all over me. I will never go back. Mm -hmm. So now you have gone from, I'm just looking for a good Italian place to go out to, to people arguing on what's supposed to be your little orbit. And it's those little things that add up over time that eat away at your soul. I think another thing that you have taught me, and this is helpful for this... Like, you have a list, right, for mental health providers. You are more than able to go and do an intake with that person. And if they are not your therapist, you can be like, "Mm, no, thank you. And then go to the next one. You can try out therapists. And if they're not a good fit for you, because, like, I'm not a good fit for everybody. And, like, I've had clients that come in and they're like, "Mm, no, like, that's... You're, you're you're just too sarcastic for us or you're too direct or something like that. But, so go and try. Yeah, I think that's another thing. Especially now that more and more people are knowing what EAPs are, mm-hmm. which is which is basically like a tryout process. Yeah. Um, I think we, if mm-hmm. we ever, whenever we're invited back somewhere, our thing needs to be that. Like, you don't have to go, especially as we've just built all this up with. There are unfortunately more questionable healthcare professionals than ever before but i have always said uh there are degrees mm-hmm. of talent in every profession yes you mm-hmm. just hope that even the worst airline pilot can still fly the plane right 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 um so it, it's totally fine to, to say no i like i know you can get me in but i would rather wait oh that's the other thing i tell people um make multiple appointments yeah especially if you're scheduled like weeks out mm-hmm. put it on the books because maybe you will get to one and they won't be right and you'll mm-hmm. have some background and go, you won't go back, but you'll go to that middle one. You can cancel the third one. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't feel like you're cheating on anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's a great, that's a great thing. Like, get on as many wait lists 
for people as you can and then just just try them out date them um one last time where people can find the book you mentioned bright spot anxiety center give me some info for those things where people can track you down okay so my website is brightspotfamilies.com so you can contact me through there um i am a clinical child psychologist at the anxiety treatment center of greater toledo and then the book the number two parenting book will be available starting december 29th on amazon you can either get it in paperback for $29.99 or you can get it for ebook for $9.99 and if unless you had the food to dictate this if you are pooping for more than five minutes you might want to make an appointment somewhere yes or get a squatty potty What's a squatty potty? You don't know what a squatty potty is? No. It's like this little like a plastic thing that you that goes or wraps around your toilet and then when you poop you pull it out and it puts you into like a squatting position, which is like the best position to be in to poop. I've seen something along those lines before. Like I, it was one of those where I read an article, or it, it was like, "Yeah, we're all pooping the wrong way." Yes. And I looked at it, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna keep doing it the wrong way." <laughs> Try a squatty potty. How are the, how are the, we're just shooting the shit now. How are the children? They are awesome. Uh, God. The Connor and Charlotte are seven now. And seven? Seven. They were just in you. Yeah. And now Chloe is five. Um, and they're, they're hilarious. They're, you know, they each have their own personalities. Um, so Charlotte's kind of the sassy one that's very, you know, agreeable and loving then you have and helpful and then you have Connor who's like the rascal he's like the mischievous one um so he's pretty funny and then there's Chloe who's just she's we named her the troublemaker because she's feisty feisty how she if you do if she does not want to do something that you want her to do she will like cross her arm turn her head and put up her chin and just ignore you so how do you get her to do what you need to do um there's actually a chapter in the book about it it's called uh usually if we tell her a second time she's good and if she doesn't do it the second time then we do hand over hand what's hand over hand hand over hand is where you gently when you are cool calm and collected you put your hand on theirs and then you have them do the task that you need them to do and then you continue to put your hand over theirs until they are more compliant got it mm-hmm. um have you seen marvels uh, i have not yet it's fine yeah i know you read it, it's bomb but mm-hmm. it was a fine movie yeah and you finished loki i did finish loki Give me your thoughts on that compared to other Marvel stuff that we have seen recently. I think it was good. I mean, it was a lot to follow, like all of the, you know, the lines and stuff like that. And I think it led to a lot more questions than answers of like what's going to happen next. And then like whether or not there's going to be a season three or not a season three. There will not be. There will not be. There will not be. And the rumor is with the... Storylines that they'd like to do in the next Avengers movies mm-hmm. um, is that Loki will play a character that is integral in these storylines that were very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I noticed the quality of the show is so much better than all the recent movies and the recent TV shows. Yeah. 
um, whether that's Tom Hiddleston and, and and Owen Wilson or just the way the show was created, like it was refreshing to watch that. It was almost it was nostalgic, taking us back to like the pre Endgame days because it was just so good. Yeah, like you had to watch it and you had to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where is the family up to in? Uh, I think we're at thirty three movies and all the TV shows. Where where is everyone up to? Um, so I I think have watched all of them. The kids we actually so I was watching. The kids and I were going through the movies together, but we stopped after Endgame, I believe, um, because we're like, yeah, they can't watch Doctor Strange two. It's not that. It yeah no they yeah no no but for seven year olds and five year olds totally fine no 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 see the memes they're reading and posting on the internet they're fine they don't do the internet they don't have tablets well they're out there doing something bad they're not they're you just said the ones mischievous and fighting he's mischievous but he's like mischievous like. Okay, you want to know mischievous? When I walk Chloe into school and leave the twins in the Jeep, when I come back, they mess with my rearview mirror and put a stuffed animal in my chair and think it's hilarious. Sounds like you could be danger. You could be endangered while driving. You go to look up in your rear view, you can't see anything, you crash, and then bang. Well, I would hope that someone would just switch it. I mean, if you're if you're not going to like fix your mirror before you start driving, then like you don't know. But at least um, now you know to expect it. Yes, because they do it every time. And they were mischievous. They have this Christmas. They have this uh, Christmas train, like this three part Christmas train that makes really really annoying song, and so like it just like grinds my gears and so like now in like a funny way and so now they'll just run up and like press it right by me and I'm just joking I'm like ah and so then they decided I told them I was going to hide it from them and so they hid it from me and they're like mama did you find it yet and I was like no and then I was like oh I'll put it on my to-do list so I wrote it on my to-do list in big letters and I left my to-do list in the jeep all of a sudden I hear the whispers behind me and then I walk Chloe in and then I come out and the find the train is completely scratched out and they thought it was the most hilarious thing ever you dye your hair now right I do yeah you're gonna have to keep doing that because you're gonna get a lot of grace from them since they don't have the internet last thing what did you what did you get them or what did they want for Christmas um, so we do the four gift things. So something to read, something to they, something to read, something they need, something to wear and something. What's the other one? Read, wear, need and want. And so they got, each of them got happy nappers. What the hell is that? It's like this uh, massive stuffed animal that you can either you can condense it into a stuffed animal that's okay. still huge or you can pull it apart and it turns into a sleeping bag. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got them, you know, clothes and then what else? Clothes and each of them a book. Uh, what was the want thing? The want thing was the happy napper. Oh, mm-hmm. look at that. What's that thing run? Uh, 70 bucks each. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're we done. had to do a little bit of maneuvering because, like, my Connor said that he wanted like this, um, this beast laboratory thing, and the girls said they wanted a happy napper from Santa, but we had bought them all the happy nappers, and those get those are the Santa gifts. But then when he was like, "I want the beast laboratory," and I was like, "Damn it!" Save the receipt. 
and I knew someone had bought it already, and so then we just switched it. So he got he already has his happy napper, um, and the girls don't, and we'll give them the Beast Laboratory for from Santa. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right, we're all done. All right, thanks.